0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This is Hollywood Behind Closed Doors with Frank McKay on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Frank McKay here. Uh, thrilled to have a, a wonderfully successful actor, a, uh, a man who, if you add up box office receipts, he's an elite company. Uh, I don't even know who else would be in this category, but you're talking about all the Pixar uh, films, everything from uh, the Toy Story franchise and Cars, and by the way, uh, appearance in The Empire Strikes Back, Uh, so much work, Uh, never mind his work as Cliff Clavin on the memorable Cheers, uh, which uh, goes down as one of the legendary shows of all time, John Ratzenberger is our very special guest, thrilled to have you, John, how are you? Well,
1: Frank. Thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. Well, listen. It's, it's, st- it's st- still above ground.
0: Yeah. Well, it, listen. Well above ground, and I don't know how many people would add up uh, the all of those box office uh, receipts and and see you and God knows who else would be in that category. But uh, it, it, it's it's unbelievable uh, the success you've had when it starts adding when you start adding it up. I mean, people are are attracted to you this day and and you've been working for a very long time.
1: Yeah, I think uh, my last count, I'm sad to figure out, I think it's 42 years. Wow.
0: And that started, it started in Bridgeport, am I right? Well,
1: yes and no. I uh, I went to to college in in Bridgeport and uh, I did a little acting there only because I was sweet on this girl who, was in the drama club, see? <laughs> so, but I, I had no interest in acting. But from there, uh, I met up with uh, a buddy of mine who I'd gone to uh, uh, college with, uh, met, met up with him in London. And I went to visit him for a week or two and ended up staying 10 years. Uh, and he and I formed our own uh, comedy duo that we toured through Europe for six years. And, uh, under the, under the name of Sal's meat market now he's he went off and became a uh, highly decorated homicide detective uh, he just he retired a couple of years ago and I uh, I continued on in the show business and doing some writing and it was a writing job that brought me to Los Angeles and during that writing job uh, the cheers audition came up and boom 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 there you go
0: From what I've heard, and, uh, you know, I've heard this in in different reports and documentaries about Cheers, it was you who suggested uh, about having a know-it-all or having a, uh, a, you know, a bar-fly know-it-all. Is is that true?
1: Yeah, I created uh, Cliff character in the auditions. Uh, I I, I know it sounds strange. Even though I was working 10 years solid prior to uh, Cheers, I had never auditioned a day in my life. And, and having never gone to acting school, I, I didn't know what that was all about. So come to the audition of Cheers, I failed miserably. It was embarrassing. And uh, so walking out the door, I just turned and I said, do you, do you have a bar? No, at all. And one of them said, what are you talking about? And That's all I needed. And then I just became the character. And I think really all I wanted to do was get them to laugh and so I could save my dignity and walk out the door. <laughs>
0: listen, you did a lot more than than that. Having heard you just say that it it points to Sal's meat market as a uh, as as really a huge training ground for you. I mean, uh, right or wrong. I mean, uh, doing all that improv in foreign countries on foreign soil. uh, Right. It it had to be a great, uh, great learning experience. And uh, and, you know, kind of like the Beatles in Hamburg or something. But uh, something happened there.
1: Yeah, oh, there's no, no question about it. Uh, Ray and I, this is Ray Hassett. Ray and I uh, did something that had never been done before. And we weren't trying to open up new territories. What we were trying to do was you know, make a living and, and uh, have a few laughs at the same time. Um, but it was very much like what American vaudeville was. Uh, we traveled by train all over Europe one suitcase with our uh, personal belongings and another suitcase with props. Hmm. Uh, And that was it. So we we would train to train and city to city, town to town. Uh, But our experience was unique to us. It's never, uh, in, in America anyway, I don't know anyone else who experienced the same thing. You know, because we it wasn't it wasn't like we were going to improv school and then going home to our parents' house. We we were we were right at the edge of the limb, and uh, oh, there were times we were sleeping in attics and cellars, and uh, it's a lot of experience, off stage and on stage. But I did that for six years.
0: just yeah that's amazing i mean i I don't know how many people i've interviewed i've never heard that as an experience before let me remind folks once again uh frank mckay here but much more importantly if you're just joining us a little later turning on your radios a little late uh the wonderful john ratzenberger is our very special guest and and you know his work from so much uh certainly cliff clavin from from cheers uh let me let me go back to England, if you don't mind. Uh, Sal's, sure. uh, Sal's meat market. I mean, you're uh, you guys are doing this, and it's without a net. I mean, there's no right. You know, there's no backup plan. There's no any, well, anything. What What are you thinking at that point? Are you Are you planning a future in entertainment? Are you Are you hopeful? <laughs> what, what's no. your What's your game plan? No, no. It's,
1: uh, it's, uh, the game plan really was at the at the beginning was to survive the evening. Uh, we, we, were, we were doing shows. I remember one show in Cardiff, uh, Wales, in, in a coal miners pub. Uh, and our audience was coal miners. And I always remember that there was a, uh, a Doberman Pincher uh, lying underneath the pool table, growling at us d- during the show. <laughs> and uh, we did another show in Brixton Prison. Wow, where The guy jumped off the uh, second tier uh, walkway uh, to try to get at us, but luckily there was a net covering this little <laughs> stage area. And, and uh, he kept reaching down trying to, to grab my head, and I didn't realize it. Uh, but my partner Ray was at the other side <laughs> of the stage laughing his head off because uh, it was so funny. And I didn't even know what was happening. But uh, but then there we graduated, started doing the uh, different arts centers, universities, colleges, uh, uh, and then uh, yeah, fine. and then we got a lot of jobs in London uh, at the you know the the Bush Theater and uh, several of them. But we got to the point where we could call and they would bump their existing act to get us in there. We would do wow. Yeah, we would do three weeks of uh, standing room only, just word of mouth. Uh,
0: do do any any of those shows appear on film of any kind?
1: No, no. I, I imagine some people took film, but then uh, you know it was a time people did go around carrying cameras with them. Yeah, and and uh, I guess we were just too dumb to think about it. No, that's uh,
0: that's before the technology was there. Nowadays, everybody would have every episode or every uh, every venue on tape, you know. But back then, it's, it's different at different times.
1: Yeah, different different times. We have some photographs uh, here and there. Uh, I, I've got a few, and then you know, Ray's got some, and I think there's still some in London with uh, other people. But uh, as far as film, no, I, I wish there were. Uh, that'd, that'd be terrific. I'd, I'd love to show my kids and my grandkids what uh, what the old man used to do when he was a kid.
0: Yeah, a lot of people, millions of people, would love to see that. Frank McKay here once again. You're hearing the voice of John Ratzenberger, wonderful actor. Um, and, and again, uh, so much more to him than just Cliff from Cheers. But boy, that went on for 11 years, and uh, and what a what a, <laughs> yeah. what, what a what a career just off of that. If you did nothing else but Cheers, you'd be you'd be fine. I it, it not to obsess on on uh, on Sal's meat market here but I
1: No, that's fine. I am talking about Sal's meat market all day long if you want. Yeah, I
0: mean it fascinating to me. It and again, if I'm misremembering this, uh, forgive me, but uh, everything I've I've known about you or read about you is, is you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You're a blue-collar guy. <laughs> your, your parents are blue-collar, to say the yeah. least, right? You, you... I think
1: our, our, our spoons were made out of cardboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that has to be a setup for what you're doing over there in Europe, too, because if you're a rich, spoiled kid, there's no way you're, you're traveling like that. There's no way you're putting up with Doberman pinches growling at you. I mean, it's, you know, and I assume Ray, uh, Ray has it. He probably was uh, uh, from a similar background as you, right? I mean,
1: Yeah. Yeah. We both, we we both uh, grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which was uh, very much a hardcore factory town. Uh, yeah. And Ray's experience growing up there, he was, uh, I was in a section called Black Rock, which was basically the, uh, West Side of Bridgeport and uh, Ray was in the North End. And we we met up in in college. But uh, yeah, very, very much a blue collar. Uh, exactly that. Good. But that helped us too uh, because we were able to put up with situations, just like you say, that a lot of people wouldn't put up with, but we, we did. What, what you, I, I'm, go ahead. No, I lived in an abandoned building for two years. <laughs> But luckily, I was a. I had been a carpenter. I still was. So I, I made a little bit of a living as a carpenter on the side. Um, but uh, so I could fix things up and repair roofs and things like that. So, so I did some of that as well at, at the very beginning. But then the time came where I didn't have to.
0: Have you done a book?
1: Uh, yeah, but you know, a lot of this stuff is is not in there. It's more of my. Uh, Observations, essays on what's going on uh, at the time when I wrote the book, yeah. but but uh, no, my kids have been after me too uh, to to shoot another one out there because when I tell them stories, it's it's usually that's the reaction I get is dad
0: yeah you have to write you got to write a book so yeah well they're not kidding I'll I'll listen I'll echo that uh, gladly echo that I I mean this is. You know, and and again, you're you're from the land of P.T. Barnum, right? I mean, Bridgeport, that's where P.T. Barnum's from and and all that. I mean, it's a, uh, (laughs) you know, other than that, uh, you know, I don't know anything too fancy about Bridgeport. You're surrounded by (laughs) There's
1: Fancy things aren't allowed. I think there's a sign sign that says, welcome to Bridgeport. Don't bring any fancy things.
0: Yeah, but I got to love the fact that a guy like you, uh, it just, uh, it just went out and did it, and just took your lumps, and then you know came in, and even, uh, even uh, bombing or whatever you, however you characterized it, is uh, in the Cheers to Audition, to turn around and just give it an extra shot to say, hey, do you gotta, uh, do you gotta know it all there? I, I mean, that's you know, that's not a, that's not a rich kid's attitude, you know. That's a, that's a working guy. That's a, uh, you know, that's a blue collar. I'm gonna work my way through this type of attitude and i i tell you I, I gotta hand it to you it's very impressive everything i've i've read about you everything i've heard about you uh i mean what a career i mean you really put it together and um you know i mean congratulations for all that but looking back on it uh, I, let me ask you this during cheers and again you're, you're on a, a tight schedule with cheers and and so forth were you ever offered anything that you couldn't take because it was a conflict with with uh, scheduling
1: uh, oh sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, all through cheers. Um, uh, but then there was things that I, I didn't want to do. and uh, then I had a young family and uh, I wanted to spend the summers with my kids. and so I, I, I see I wasn't savvy enough uh, <laughs> or, or I didn't believe the agents when they said, well, you should do a, a couple of films in the summer. So that after Cheers, you'll you'll have this to fall back on. So I, I kept thinking, well, I could always fall back in, on carpentry. What the hell do <laughs> I need film for? So <laughs> so I wasn't I, I wasn't that bright during th- that, that time, but yeah. certainly enjoyed every every single second of it. And uh, but like I said, but the summers were uh, time to spend with the uh, with the kids.
0: So oh. I did. What was the first vo- voice acting you did? Well the first voice acting was in London.
1: Um, they used to some company had uh, foreign films like films, uh, German films, Italian films, etc. And I got the job of going in and uh, laying in the soundtrack uh, in English, but I had to match the lip movements. So therefore, I couldn't go by a script because it didn't match the lip movements. So I, I had to improvise on the spot of saying something that had the same meaning as the line that was written, but that also matched the lip movements of the character I was voicing. Mm-hmm. And so so that was my first experience in anything like that.
0: Let me ask you about Cheers. I mean, the the first... Uh, the first couple of episodes of the first uh, season uh, it kind of flew under the radar screen and, uh, it, you know, it, kind of like uh, all in the family in a sense. Right. I mean, all in the family didn't come out as this blockbuster hit or, right. or whatever. It, it, it was the uh, you know, it was the folks who right. really went were, were into their TV and, and even the critics. That first, uh, that first, loved Cheers, and, and the same with All in the Family, and, and then you know all of a sudden when they started maneuvering it, and I guess putting it you know where, where behind Cosby or behind you know something, uh, something like that, then all of a sudden it took off. But when did you think that you had a hit on your hands?
1: uh oh boy when when I was a, able to buy a house yeah I think it's like wait a second this is I I have how much in the bank wow uh and the other the, 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 the giveaway was uh, when we were doing cheers uh no nobody was really watching the show at the first year. And so they were going to cancel us after the first season. I don't know if you know that.
0: Yeah, right. I it's kind of what I'm yeah,
1: yeah leading to. And uh, yeah, they were going to cancel the show because uh, the ratings were really low. But God bless him, Grant Tinker. I always uh, you know thank him up in heaven because he's uh we're it not for Grant Tinker, none of us you you would you, you would know any of our names because he's he said. Uh, Know, against the advice of all his his minions, everybody surrounding him at, at, as president of NBC, he said, no, the show makes me laugh. Let's give it another shot. Let's let it go on. You know, Give it another season. So they did. And right at the beginning of that second season, the Emmy Awards for the, for the previous year were being given out, and we won a bushel basket of them. Mm-hmm. And that's when people started tuning in saying oh what's this cheers going so since then from the second season to the 11th season we were somewhere in the top five uh, all through that time
0: yeah I mean it's very similar to All in the Family I mean the same thing the Emmys are what, what really saved the show uh, when, when it came to uh, you know to Carol O'Connor and the uh, uh, and you know Rob Reiner and that, uh, that whole crew there I mean that was you know one of the great shows but without uh, it, without that um, acceptance from the Emmys, uh, the you know the suits might not have gotten it. But I, hey, you know, like you like you said, thank God for uh, Grand Tinker. He had he had a gut, or he had some. He had uh, he had a nose for funny. He knew what was there. I
1: mean, well, I think you yeah you 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 just hit the nail on the head there because he, he was the last Hollywood executive that would go with gut instinct. Yeah, and he he didn't care what the marketing people said. He didn't care what the polls said. He just went by his gut. And I think he was the last one that we'll ever see because now they all point to uh, you know, the marketers and they all point to someone else to blame in case they fail
0: yeah i mean but, you know similar to not to cut you off but similar to baseball i mean with the analytics and you know everything now uh, you know you, you don't you don't get the managers hired anymore because of uh, their gut you get them hired because uh, because they, the gm thinks he'll follow analytics and you know boy if it was all about analytics uh, you know like like you said we might not be talking right now right
1: right now grant was uh you know, there should be a statue to him because he was the, the last of the, 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 the front line generals. You know, he, he's, he's the guy charging over the hill with his saber drawn and not listening to the advice of these people who, you know, gone to college and got a you know, good education. But he was, a, uh, you know, he was, he was a soldier's general. He, you know, just gut instinct. He said, no, let's do it again. Let's Pat- give him another season. Yeah. yeah, there you go. He was, he was the patent of the TV executives. Yeah,
0: and John Ratzenberger once again is the voice that you're hearing. Um, you know his work from from Cheers and Toy Story and uh, so much more. The uh, the Cars franchise and. Uh, Incredibles I mean I could go on forever he's got a resume a mile long for good reason he's a wonderful actor uh, just a one of the great character actors of, of our time and he made his own way and, and those who like success stories have to love this one thrilled to have him John Ratzenberger here with me Frank McKay uh, John let me uh, l- let me go back to Cheers uh, Cheers also uh, you know kind of broke the trend you, you lost one of your, your two main characters, you know, the love interest of, of Sam and, uh, Ted Danson's Shelly. character. Yeah. yeah. When, when Shelly left, I'm sure a lot of people were, were putting dirt on your chest and, and saying, Oh, that's the end of cheers. And, and you came back stronger than ever. And, and, it, you know, broke all kinds of ratings and, uh, and everything else. What did you think when Shelly left? Did you think uh, this is the beginning of the end or, or did, were you confident everything was going to work out?
1: Well, again, coming from the background that I came from, uh, you know, uh, you know, eating soup and and rocks, uh, <laughs> my first impression was, why would she leave? Yeah, this is a great job, and the shows doing well. I just couldn't understand why anybody do that. Then someone else explains, well, she wants to concentrate on doing movies, and then I think, oh, okay, that's that sounds legitimate enough. But I, I never thought about uh, what else was I, I going to do like oh my God I I didn't I didn't go there for some reason because I guess I, I knew I could always go back to carpentry <laughs> um, I, I I don't know I just it just I never gave it a thought but you really have to hand it to the writers uh, Glenn and Les Charles uh, is the, the head honchos there uh, so when they brought Kirsty in. Um, they, it's you know it's the writing so much. I, I also think it's because the writers of the time, uh, uh, our writers, they had grown up in an era, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, where they had grown up reading books. Yeah. And, and so they brought, they were, they were very literate. And so they understood character development, and story and arcs and that, all that. So the way they wove Kirsty in was was beautifully done. It was a work of art, yeah. and uh, but you really got to hand it to the to the writers for that. I
0: think no doubt about it. John Ratzenberger uh, again is our very special guest. If you stepped away for a second, let me remind everyone. Uh, welcome back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, our very special guest. I'm absolutely thrilled. To talk to him not only for his acting chops, but uh, his his life story is just unbelievable, and he is a uh, he's a blue collar guy who who just stuck with it and made it in a very difficult field. And if you missed the first part, he uh, uh, and he broke through in uh, acting, got his chops down in England in improv. John Ratzenberger, you know him as Cliff Claven from Cheers, but so much more than that. One of the the top box office uh, folks of all time when it comes to, to movies. He's part of the toy, uh, toy Story franchise. You saw him in, uh, in uh, The Empire Strikes Back and uh, you see him in the Cars and The Incredibles franchise. So much more than that. Frank McKay here with John Ratzenberger. Uh, John, uh, talking about the uh, the the writers and and Shelley Long leaving, you guys had a great line, and I think it was Woody Harrelson who gave it. You guys were at a, a drive-in, and it was uh, you and George Went. And maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think it was George Went, and yourself, and Woody Harrelson, and we were watching Godzilla, and and uh, and they uh, said uh. something like, you know, they left. Uh, she left in the middle of the series, and and Woody Harrelson said, "That's crazy. Why would an actress leave a successful series?" And the, and the audience <laughs> went crazy. But that was a little shot towards towards Shelley, <laughs> a friendly little shot. But boy, was that a great great line I don't know who wrote that but that was dynamite
1: yeah yeah the writers always yeah you know, they do stuff like that that sometimes it was just for their own benefit <laughs> and uh, one of my favorites is uh, uh, the writers is David Angel yeah who went on to form and that's as you probably know he he died in uh, 9-11. Uh, September 911 he was in the plane that uh, he and his wife Lynn wow. There were the plane that were coming from Boston that crashed into the building. Yeah,
0: Jeez. wow. Yeah, that, he he went on to work on Frasier too. I think, David. Yeah, he's
1: a, he was executive producer uh, of uh, of Frasier. Oh. But love love the guy. They were both they were, they were the most in love couple I had ever met. Uh, they they really really were the real deal. So it was so, still to this day certainly missing.
0: Yeah, I, you know, from everything I've heard, just a, a brilliant uh, TV man also and uh, just, uh, you know, unbelievable. Um, I, let me let me ask you about Frasier when uh, when the spinoff came. Uh, were you surprised that that was the spinoff? I don't know how much thought the, the cast put into it, but were you surprised that Frasier was the spinoff that was going or, or were you hearing whispers of that prior to uh, to the end of Cheers?
1: Yeah. Uh- no, I, I remember thinking that it's it's kind of made sense because it's all you know writer based and producer based, and the writers and the producers of any show they would understand more what a psychologist's life is like. It's but yeah. for them for them to understand a, a mailman and an out of work accountant, you know, which is what uh, George Wendt's character was. Uh, I don't think the writers really they couldn't go as deep because they all you well know, they're all you know, well educated people and so the character of Fraser well I think was just more to their uh, their depth they could they could plow that field uh, a lot longer and and deeper than they could uh, could ours.
0: You know, I I was blown away. I I loved both series. I still love, and they both still uh, hold up. But I I was blown away by how different Frasier really was than Cheers. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like well here's Cheers part two, you know. They it was smart humor, just like uh, just like Cheers was, and uh, you know, it was an ensemble cast. But it it was uh, it it was very different to me as a as a viewer, as a layperson. Sure. And and uh, the fact that they both stood up, they both were smart, and, and they both, in my mind, were completely different. Was uh, uh it was, was very very impressive.
1: Yeah, that was uh, David Angel, Peter Casey, um, uh, and David uh, G- David Lee. Uh, yeah, that was the, the, the three of them. They were the they were the admirals of that uh, that ship, and uh, did a great job. It's just
0: very very funny show. Well, you know, towards the end of Cheers, and again, it was a big belly ballyhoo when it went off, and it was, you know, it was uh, you know similar to Mash going off the air, and just uh, it was a huge event. I mean, people were talking about it. Nobody was going to miss it. Everyone, and and I think they ended very well. And a lot of shows just blow it at the ending, and and you know, I think Cheers worked, and uh, the uh, the crew. Well, the uh, the audience, I should say, uh, uh, you know, I, I think basically agreed that it was a it was a great way to end it, and it was uh, it was funny. It was with the show. Let me remind folks once again: we're talking to John Ratzenberger, uh, wonderful actor, and thrilled to have him. Uh, Frank McKay here with John Ratzenberger. But when when that show ended. Uh, were you thinking? Let let me get a little rest. Or were you all booked up with uh, with voice acting and other acting? Did you have any time to kind of soak it all in at the end, or was it, it was it right back into something else?
1: Uh, uh, well, by that time, I had bought some property up in the Pacific Northwest uh, because my children were very young—one, uh, two years old. And I I wanted to give them the Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer approach. Yeah. And uh, so we got this little, well, I got a gentleman's farm that I started. I, I planted a lot of fruit trees and uh, had a little sailboat, you know, docked off off there in front of the house. And that's what I did. I went up there. Wow. And and uh, and and started digging in uh, to 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 the country squire life. Yeah, well, and see, um,
0: What a great idea. Great idea to raise kids like that. Just wonderful.
1: Well, it's, it, it does make a difference. It's uh, Even the commandant of West Point uh, fellow that I had a chance to meet one time, and I asked him where the best officers come from, and he said farms, without a doubt. Wow. And, and uh, that's because from a very young age, see, when you let kids run around outside and, and climb trees and, you know, mess around in rowboats and get dirty and muddy. They, they think they're playing, but what they're actually doing is problem solving. Hmm. And so you get uh, an adult who can solve problems quickly. If you if the kids if you're a free range child, but if you know you grow up somewhere where they keep it in an apartment and you know don't do this, don't do that. Do well, your experience as a kid isn't quite as broad. Or deep is that of someone growing up on a farm.
0: He's your numero uno. You know, that's, I I tell you, that's terrific. And uh, you you uh, kind of bucked the trend there uh, in in a big way, not only with what you said, but usually you start out in life uh, on a farm and and, and you're kind of trying to make your way on a farm. Here you you had success, you had huge success and, and notable success and you get your kids um back to a country life and uh and you know boy you gotta uh, i gotta applaud you guys for uh, for taking that approach we have four kids too and boy if i had the luxury to do something like that i would have uh, you know knowing uh how how it turns out I, I would love to do something like that boy that's like uh, how, how old today. are your kids my youngest is 16 she just turned 16 my oldest is 26 oh
1: boy Oh, good. Now, where do you live? Where's where? Which part of the world are you in?
0: Long Island, almost directly across from Bridgeport. uh, Oh, near Port Jeff. Yeah, uh, Rocky Point, which is a little further out than Port Jeff, but very close to Port Jeff.
1: Do you take advantage of the sound? Do you go fishing or sailing or any of that stuff? Yeah,
0: as much as I can. You know, it's just it's 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 a great place. I mean, it's uh you know it's not Willoughby or it's not the Pacific Northwest as as far as that, but out where we are, I mean, it's you know you got a lot of deer and and uh, groundhog and wild turkey and things like that. So
1: oh, uh, great, yeah, that's yeah. I said uh, growing up on Long Island Sound, I I my first hero is what I wanted to be when I grew up. Was I yeah. wanted to be a tugboat captain?
0: Wow!
1: Because you, you see, the tugboats going by up yeah. and down the Sound, or the barges, and and uh, I remember one night there's a blizzard, and I, and I could I could he- hear the rumbling, or really feel the rumbling of the tugboat's engine before I could see it, and I looked out at the harbor, and there's this tugboat slowly coming through the, the the blizzard pushing this big coal barge, and I thought how. So it was like magic to me. How could someone do that? Figure that out. I get this giant coal barge plus the tugboat through a blizzard and find this little opening in the harbor mouth wow. and 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 get that. So I was about I was six, seven years old. But I remember that you know that's what I want to do. That's what I wanted to be a tugboat captain.
0: Are, are you a boating guy? Are you? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, very much, yeah.
0: You mentioned the sailboat. How how often do you get out on the uh, uh, you know either well you're on the the west coast uh, the ocean or lakes? Uh, are you still yeah, do you still uh, have the farm?
1: No, no, no. But both most my kids are. They have their grown children of their own. Uh, no, I'm talking to you from California, but I still live on the East Coast. Oh, so so when I'm on the East Coast, yeah, I get uh, I get a chance to go out in the South from time to time with striped bass mission and whatnot. But here on the West Coast, it's usually you know leisure time. It's like today I'll I, 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 a buddy coming by. We're gonna play some golf. Um, but yeah, because here it's, it's 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 different to access the ocean uh, and, the, and the kind of fish you can get. You get, you really have to go out far for the big fish here because you got a shelf, and where that shelf is is where all the all the bait, all the nutrients come up, in the fish So it's. Uh, yeah,
0: that's
1: I do that. I do that on the East Coast.
0: John Ratzenberger once again is the voice you're hearing. Just a, what a career, what a life he's put together. Frank McKay here with the uh, the star. You know him as. Uh, uh, Cliff Clavin uh, didn't start out as a star by any means. I don't even think he. Uh, I, I, I don't think he was in the opening credits originally. and He worked his way in, became an indispensable character on that show. But also the uh, the work he's done outside of Cheers is just is, is mind boggling. Uh, he is uh, he is one of the um, highest uh, grossing actors of all time. If you add up all the franchise, the Toy Story franchise and Cars and uh, the Incredibles and Again, don't forget, uh, he had a uh, had a role in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Frank, yeah, yeah. You know, Frank McKay here with uh, John Ratzenberger. Yeah, how did you get that? How did you uh, How did you end up getting the uh, the role in in the Star Wars franchise?
1: Yeah, uh, that was simply uh, uh, some casting
0: director in London uh, call, or my agent
1: set it up. You know, to go and, and I went, and I was I was at the the right age, height, weight. Uh, to, to look good in uniform. So I did, I think I did about 28 films in, uh, when I was living in London because of that, because right. they were making a lot of American movies over there. And I was in just about every one of them. <laughs> wow. So as a, matter, as a matter of fact, when I got to L.A., I, I said, well, I'm going to need need an agent. And I I, I jumped around going to different agents and none of them believed my resume. They thought I'd made all this stuff up, like Superman one and two, and Gandhi, and Bridge Too Far, and et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And so many agents said, "No, you just you, you made all this stuff up. If you if you had done all this, I would know about you." <laughs> wow. So at the beginning, it was funny, but after a while, it got to be really annoying. But like uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but it turned out okay.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I mean, just looking back on it, I you know, I can't imagine. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I won't speak for you, but I, you got to you got to look back and say, boy, mission accomplished. I mean, you, you got a lot of time left on this earth. I, I've seen you, you know, in recent stuff. You look great. And uh, and people are living well to 100 now. I mean, do you have are, are there goals or bucket lists that you, you you have or you're just kind of enjoying your time and, and doing your work at the same time? Uh, do you have anything that that's left to do that you'd like to check off?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I, I, even
1: from the beginning, when I was a kid, I used to read stories of uh, James Fenimore Cooper uh, with was Last of the Mohegans, Deerslayers, all, all adventure stuff of, of people who would go into arenas like the woods or the forest or the mountains, not knowing anything about it and figuring it out and and that's what i've done that's that's yeah. i guess uh, going to london when i went to london i literally had five dollars to my name Jeez. and I ended up ended up staying 10 years but that's always been my approach of like oh i don't know anything about that let's do it it's just it's, it's, it's just yeah it's just different adventures i think that's what i look for um i'd like to uh uh, you know, I'd like to go visit uh, Budapest and Vienna. I like, uh, you know, reading hi- histories. I've got, got books sitting here in front of me, The Battle of Vienna, 1683. Hmm. So uh, I'd, I'd like to go there and poke around a little bit. Um, it's, yeah, supposed it's, well, to sit down with grandchildren. See, I got uh, uh, a six-year-old, one of them that likes to play golf. <laughs> And he, he does it well I'm, I'm, I'm shocked but he does it well and then with my youngest I'm building her a uh, an Adirondack rocking chair Wow uh, you know, so there's little projects going but there's always something going on
0: i I, I wonder how soon uh, the six year old finds out that you're uh, uh, you know you're a hammy or, <laughs> you're one of these characters on uh, on something that he's probably watching and loving. Does he? Uh, does he get it? Does your do your grandchildren get who you are yet?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, uh, just two days ago, we were sitting here and uh, you know going through the it was a Netflix or one of those things, and uh, oh, it was The Incredibles, mm. and uh, uh, the, the the Underminer came up, and I said, uh, I said, you know who that is. He says, "Yeah, probably that's you." <laughs> I said that that was that was the entire conversation, and we watched the film and never spoke of it again.
0: You know, I got to believe that's great for them. You know, to to realize that what they're seeing, you know, isn't you know unattainable you know i mean they they're sitting next to grandpa and you know hey he's the voice of this and and when they start getting all you know it's like yeah well that's my grandfather that's you know whatever i i mean that's uh, really uh, what a uh, what a thrill it must be, looking back, especially with grandchildren now, looking back on, on what you've done. Just amazing. John Ratzenberger is our very special guest. we got a couple moments left. Uh, I'd love to get a part two with him one of these days. But, uh, uh, John, uh, do you, you have a website? or Do you do, you do anything like that, social media? Uh, is... Yeah, you know, I do. I, I do,
1: but I, I don't tend it. And it's... It, uh... I'll go from time to time and have a look at it, but there was somebody that was taking care of it for me that uh, moved on. So uh, it's just been sitting there. I, 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 do, I got Twitter. I look at Twitter from time to time. Okay. Facebook, I, I, I have no idea what my Facebook page looks like.
0: <laughs> it's good. I, uh, you know, I, I follow it, you know, I, uh, Oh, good. You know, okay. Yeah. You know, whoever's doing it for you. They, they do a good job, but hey, listen, it's, uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And, and like I said, hopefully we can get a part two with you. Congratulations on all the success and, and good luck with everything you're doing. I, what can you, what can you leave us with? What's the rest of your year look like uh, work wise?
1: The rest of the, well, we got the Toy Story four coming out in June, 21st i think yeah yeah that and then there's a couple of movies i i knocked off that to be coming out um uh, um uh, sometime this summer and I, I tell you the truth i i don't know you know, work-wise you just you just never know um uh, a big company approached me about doing a podcast mm-hmm. um and just and they would, you know, sponsor it that that sort of thing. Um, but uh, it's just uh, as it goes along because it's a whole new generation in charge of uh Hollywood now. Yeah. And uh, you know, the people in charge, I think, uh, weren't born when Cheers started.
0: Yeah, but they were born when Toy Story started and Cars, well, The, and the Incredibles, and all of that.
1: Yeah, there you go. um no, I, uh, I just, you know, really enjoyed the, the grandkids and still enjoying my kids. Um, uh, so, you know, work-wise, you know, the phone rings and, uh, and I'm off the door.
0: Listen, I, I'll say it again. Congratulations. I mean, I can't imagine someone doing it much better and I'm talking from start to finish and, uh, and, and you're a long way from over just, uh, John, way to go. Thank you very, very much for being here.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Frank. And thank you for your, uh, Persistence in, the, in tracking me down and all that. I know it wasn't easy on your part.
0: Well, listen, I'm thrilled to finally get you. Thank you, John. And uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, Frank McKay here. Uh, check out uh, everything on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, John Ratzenberger, you know his work from Cheers. He played the, the role, uh, unbelievable, memorable role of Cliff Claven, but so much more than that and uh, you heard the, the list uh, Gandhi and Superman 1 and 2 uh, the empire strikes back uh, the toy story franchise uh, you know all the all the pixar stuff all the great uh, yeah cosplay. I've been working
1: with them working with them 21 years now with Pixar
0: yeah and, and look, at, look at the success they've had and just about everything they've done you've you've been in just and either a No small every, or every
1: a big everything I, they've done I've been in yeah
0: unbelievable uh, Just unbelievable. Well, listen, thanks again, and thank you all for tuning in. Frank McKay signing off.